Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We're live in Austin, Texas, and we have a great show tonight. This is John Massengill sitting in studio with Les Kaiser. Howdy, y'all. This is going to be fun. Yeah, man, we got a great show tonight. We have uh, three different guests, and we don't have Jonathan in the booth, so we don't have to worry about fighting for the microphones. No. Oh, no! Oh, man! <laughs> Dang it! He still gets in. <laughs> Yeah, in fact, he's he might be listening because he's in the airport on the way to New Zealand for the Toyota Racing Series where he's going to call the race out there as usual for the last, I don't know how many years he's been doing that, but a long, long time. Long time, yep. But yeah, let me talk about who we have on the show. Very excited because we have three different guests. We're going to start off with a driver who used to race in Formula One, spent about three years in Formula One, and now is racing in the World Endurance Championship. And, excuse me, excuse me, racing in the, in the IMSA racing, and he's going to be racing at Daytona in two weeks, and we have Felipe Nasser, and so he's going to join us here in about 10 minutes or so. He's got a fantastic history, All right. oh, man. And, and just a real nice guy, so yeah, stay tuned for that guy. Yeah, and then at about 7.30, we got Willie T. Ribs coming back to the show because his movie Wild is man. out. He's mo- a Hollywood coming to show tonight. This is cool. This yeah. is way cool. Yeah, his movie. I watched it start to finish last night, and it's it was great. Actually, it was. I wasn't sure I was going to have time to watch the whole thing, and you know, I started watching it, and I got sucked in and watched the entire thing, and it was a really good movie. It's, and we'll talk about where you can watch that movie. Well, it's and, uh, it's Adam Carolla, yeah. who put that together. So yeah. you know. One of the things Adam is doing that I love is he's bringing the history of motorsports to the screen more so now. So I'm stoked for everything that Adam's doing. Yep. And then our last guest of the evening, we got Mike Conway, who is in the World Endurance Championship and uh, racing for the Toyota Gazoo team and factory driver. And we, Jonathan and I, got to interview him yesterday, talk about them coming to Austin, the World Endurance Championship coming back to Austin. Are, are they still really excited to come back now? Because I know a bunch, you know, talking to some of them that we saw here not racing, they were pretty bummed for not coming to Coda. Oh, yeah. He he said it. He was talking about Austin and the circuit, and he was talking, you know, you'll one of the things he talks about is putting a lap together at Coda. And and you know, as we all know, that's a big deal. Putting putting laps together at Coda. It is, it is getting them right. <laughs> Well, and it's every bit of the course requires it. I mean, uh, especially the first couple of turns. You know, uh, I remember you talking to Mario Andretti and him talking about if you don't get the first four turns right, yeah. you're you're messed up for the rest of the lap. Yeah, it's everybody says that, right? You you come out of the, the turn one and turn two, and then when you hit the S's, if you mess all that up, you've ruined your lap. You know, it just it just gets worse and worse and worse every turn you go. So. That's a long lap to go through worse turns. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's true. You got a long. You got a long more. Three point four miles. That's a lot of bad turns. Yeah, you got a lot more to go after that. But, but yeah, so we got these three exciting guests, and yeah, I, I I knew Felipe Nasser had been in Formula One, but I didn't realize how many points he'd scored in the. I think it was the twenty sixteen. Let's see, that was twenty fifteen season when he was racing for Sauber. You know, he, his first season was with Williams, and then he raced for Sauber uh, for two seasons, and he scored 27 points. He was kind of like the uh, – he was up in the group around the best of the rest, if you listen to Gene Haas. You know, he was yep. right there. Uh, very definitely talented, and uh, it's just something else that, you know, I hate to see what happened as he as Sauber kind of declined. He was kind of locked in there. And had to ride that, and just it just didn't improve for him. But he finished as high as fifth in Australia to open the season, and then he was in the points for six races, and he finished sixth. Let's see, in Russia, he finished ninth here in Austin. He he had some points here in Austin. So yeah, but yeah, he's coming to talk about racing for the Wayland Cadillac DPI team, 
in uh, and at Daytona in two weeks. Man, I am getting so fired up about. I I always set up my house for Daytona with multiple screens. You know, I get the big screen yep. going, and then I'll set up at least one laptop with different views and 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 another one actually to just follow on social media. Because I get I and I watch a lot of it and I listen to a lot of it too. Nerd alert! <laughs> oh yeah. yeah! Oh, absolutely! <laughs> yes, I will not argue with the nerd alert. But yeah, so we've got uh, we got Felipe Nasser coming up first. Uh, but you know what? I want to play a little clip because an iconic American car. Oh, I know where you're going. Sold at auction at the Meekum auction this this weekend, and. I, I was. Let's go ahead and play the clip first, then we'll go into that. Three five. It is a three five hit. Here it comes. Ladies and gentlemen, sold part three million four hundred thousand dollars sold three million for the first time in almost forty six years. The most legendary movie car of all time changes hands. 3.4 million dollars and two thumbs up from Sean Kiernan as he prepares to drive this Mustang Bullet for the last time. What a moment in Meekum history! The crowd up here, Scott, standing right next to us. You know, he's talking about the guy driving it away for the last yeah. time. You know, it's been in that family. I mean, do you know all the story about this? Because yeah. I don't. I figured yeah, you probably would. Yeah, it was it was amazing. So realize this is back in the time when movie cars were not stars of the movie. And they didn't really know what this movie was gonna do. You know, it was a niche. It was very you know, very far removed from what was expected to be a popular movie, but it turned out to be awesome. But this was just a just a Mustang. It yeah. wasn't you know, something fabulous. Well, Nowadays, looking back in history, we know that that movie has one of the best 10-minute car chases ever filmed. Yeah. We know what the Mustang did. But did you know his father bought that car off of the movie set at the end of the movie because they just needed to get rid of it? And I think he paid $3,500 yeah. for it. He, I know that. It was it was the same price that it sold for when it was new. It, he bought yeah. it for the same price. And it uh, had a beat-up quarter panel, had, you know, Zits and boogers, as they say, all the dings that they get on the movie set and everything. So he bought it at that. And he drove it, right? He drove it. Uh, his father took it home, used it for a little while. Uh, the son that you see driving it away in the auction was born. They owned that, and his mother drove it as her daily car, all the way up until the point she's taking the son to kindergarten in, in the Steve McQueen bullet Mustang. <laughs> that is crazy. They eventually... You know, get something else, decide it's not a great car. It was loud. It was obnoxious, road rough. They put it up on blocks because dad was going to, you know, get to it someday. Round to it. There you go. Yeah. It didn't happen. It stayed there. One of the other Mustangs turned up in Mexico. That was the one you probably heard back around 14. Uh, it wasn't yeah. used as prominently as this one, but uh, all those kind of things came up. Well, John, I got to ask you, I know you are Mr. Number Cruncher. What was your guess before we knew what this car would sell for? You know, I don't follow those big big-time auction cars. I follow lots of auction cars, but I don't follow that. And if if somebody just had me to guess, I would have said $10 bucks. And I was surprised that it only went for 3.4. Yeah. Uh, I was guessing seven. And that was based on two prior cars related to Steve McQueen. One of them was the Porsche 930. It was his own personal car. That sold for just under $2 million a few years ago. The other was the 917 from the movie Le Mans. And that went for $14 million a couple of years ago. Huh. I wow. just felt like. It's surprising, isn't it? You know, the, that $14 million car, for one, it's a Porsche 917. If you're yeah. a Porsche fanatic, you want one. Typically, the pockets of Porsche owners are a little deeper than the Mustang owner. So I was taking that into consideration, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, and obviously, Steve McQueen's name attached to anything is going to yeah. substantially change matters. But I was wrong. I guess seven. It went for. Uh, 3.4 with $300,000 worth of auction fees. <laughs> well, I dropped out at 3 million. I decided I wasn't going to spend any more than that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, uh, well, uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's go and go to break because in two weeks, the Daytona 24 hours and we've got Felipe Nasser who's going to be driving in that coming up next. You're listening to Speed City. We're live in Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Talk 1370, the right choice. Roger Hayden, Factory Yosemir Suzuki. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We're live here in Austin, Texas, not far from Circuit of the Americas. But in two weeks, the Rolex 24 Hours at Daytona is really going to kick off the 2020. It's hard to say that, isn't it? 2020. The 2020 race season. And our first guest of the night is going to be racing in that. We want to welcome Felipe Nasser to the show. Felipe, welcome to Speed City. Hey, guys. Thank you very much. So nice to be here with you, everybody from Speed City. It's just a pleasure to be here today. So thank you very much. Ah, well, thank you for uh, joining us. Absolutely. You know, we've been missing you here in Austin, Texas, buddy. Yeah, I've been. Well, I've been a couple of Formula One races there, and I love I love Austin. I love Texas. And I have to say, I wish they aimed the championship. Um, you know, I wish they could go back there because I know they did a couple of Years in and Coda, am I am I right? Oh yeah, oh, that, yeah. Was, that was a fantastic yeah. event. You know, it yeah. was there was the Lone Star Le Mans, and it was IMSA in the afternoon, and then WEC going into the night. And man, it was a fantastic event. You know, we've got fabulous. yeah, we got we got uh, WEC coming back this year, but yeah. I don't know. You know, that's just a one off. Uh, I don't know what the mm-hmm. future is, but yes, we need to get IMSA back here. Absolutely. Well, For you know, sure, we man. I- I really wish we could go back. You know, I can't imagine driving the, those, you know, Cadillac DPIs around the circuit. It's just, it's just going to be stunning. You know, those, especially the first part of the track is just stunning to drive. It, it really is. Well, we were, we were just talking about that. By the way, our one of our guests tonight, we've already interviewed him and we, we did a pre-record is a gentleman you might know of is Mike Conway. He's <laughs> Oh, Mike. Yeah. Mike was on. 
Mike was with you guys earlier. Yeah, cool. in fact, we're going to play that later in the show, but we interviewed him yesterday, and we didn't even realize that you guys yeah. were going to be teammates. And uh, Yeah, that's great. Did Mike said anything about me or no? Because no. we better know it right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, we he didn't. We, we kind of sprung it on him right we were signing off with him. But, uh, but yeah, well, we were talking about what he said about Coda and what really what almost every driver and rider has said about Coda mm-hmm. is that, is it those first few laps? If you get them right, your lap mm-hmm. is great. If you get them wrong, you've messed up your whole lap. For sure, for sure. It's like uh, if you don't get it to the if you don't get the flow straight away, it's one of the tracks that it's gonna bite you back. And uh, it's it's all about. Uh, it, 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 I mean, it's a lot of speed in those turns, you know, and they. They kind of conf- they can confuse you, you know, like where to place the car properly because it goes like one after the other. So if you don't get the first one right, especially through the S's uh, into the first sector, it's like super key, you know, to be on this on the exact line that you can get one corner after the other. So it's it's super technical. Well, Felipe, I love it. Yeah. You know, you just described Coda excellently. I have not been to the Daytona raced and seen the 24 describe the difference in uh from the driver's seat what you're dealing with the track and the transitions yeah do you mean daytona uh, especially you want to talk about yeah. daytona track the circuit itself yes uh so daytona i see it as a very uh um it's kind of an easy track to learn but to master it uh to get those extra two three tenths it takes a little bit of knowledge and uh, experience on the track. Uh, for sure, if you throw a driver straight away in Daytona, uh, he's going to be up to speed within a few laps. But uh, what really makes the difference is to, uh, if you take, for example, the, the by coming into turn one, as you're going from the main uh, start-finish um, straight, and as, you, as you're pointing towards turn one, uh, you come in at, you know, over 190 miles there. So um, every little movement you do in the car and how you place the car into that braking zone, it's super special. Like if you can manage it the way you can get the car stopped and um, uh, pointing towards that turn one, uh, finding that, you know, the grip area, because it's kind of a off-camber corner turn one. There's a lot of little tricks around the track, but I would say turn turn one is one of them, and the bus stop as well. If you can get it, if you can get a nice flow through it, but it takes time and confidence. Again, uh, it's easy to be on the left time, but to get those extra two three tenths, Daytona is a pretty uh, special place to do it. A lot of uh, hard braking zones into the into the infield, and uh, but it's a special place. I remember uh, my first ever Daytona back in 2000. 12, if I'm not wrong, was, oh, man, I, I'm getting old. I was like 18 <laughs> years old. 18 years old when I when I got the Sunoco Challenge uh, prize for winning the British F3 at the time. And I came into the tone. I said, wow, man, this place is special, you know. And and I only got the full impression of Daytona 24 when I got into the race. It's just something else. It's, it's for me, I have to say, it's one of my favorite races of the calendar. And it's one of I'm yet to win. We're working hard on that uh, 31 wheel and Cadillac to get the win this year. And uh, you guys heard from Mike early on. Mike, Mike is it's a key player for sure in the team. Mike is a pro. Um, and uh, I mean, it's uh, it, it's it's the place to do it, you know. And Daytona at night is just yeah unbelievable. It's unreal when you get through the traffic. And the, the speeds, you know, you see through Daytona overnight. It's just, it's like the car is doing double the speed that you're doing during the day. Yeah. Um, going through traffic is just, um, it's, it's just insane. I, I love this race. I really do. Well, it's such a special race as a fan. You know, we're, we watch it and I love the way it kicks off the season. And because what I'll do is I'll, I'll start watching it during the day. And then if I have to do things, I'll have it on. Uh, you know, on my phone and connected in the car and listening. And then and then at night is when I really get to watch it because I'll get all set up and watch as much as I can, fall asleep to it, wake up to it. But yeah. but from a driver's standpoint, I mean, this has got to be one of those on on a checklist of like, 
the 24 hours of Le Mans, and, and uh, it, it's got to be one of those special races from that standpoint, too. It's one of those ones oh, that sure. you, you, you know, to build your resume and, and just that, you know, special to drivers, right? For sure. I mean, when I, I mentioned back my first time in Daytona because um, I was then chasing the Formula One dream back then. So when I did Daytona, it was a one-off event for me, but I, it came back at my mind that I said, man, I want to do that race again. It's just, I want to do it. You know, it's something else. I love the way the race went. You know, we, I got a third place for my first ever Daytona that I, that I tried uh, uh, when I was driving for Michael Chank Racing. And uh, I, again, I went to, to chase my Formula 1 dreams, went through GP2 and Formula 3 and, you know, then got into Formula 1. But it was always a race that I had in the back of my mind. I've got to go back. So in 2017, uh, I made my mind and I called the guys from Action Express Race and said, hey, guys, do you guys still have a seat available for that Daytona 24? Hmm. Not only they invited me to go back racing in 2018, but I was then confirmed a full-time driver and uh, went to win my first championship for them as well. So it's a it's a it's a really awesome story. But again, it's one that is missing on the list. Uh, as I told you guys, we've been knocking on the door, being so close. Last year, finished second. We led most of the race in the rain, and uh, also in 2018. Our teammates wanted, uh, we had a little issue in the race, which took us off track a little bit. But again, we come in full force this year, having a very strong lineup, if not the strongest lineup, I would say, um, in the 24 hours of Daytona. We got Mike Conway, as you guys mentioned. We got Pipo Derani, yeah. uh, another Brazilian guy that is super experienced as well, and Felipe Albuquerque in the car. So we got four drivers that are, really hungry for that big three and bring that for Cadillac. You know, when Cadillac got in, the, when the DPI class came out and Cadillac came out and just, you know, just killed it in what, 20, was it 2017, I guess, maybe the first year, but it, it, it was, it was. Yeah. And, you know, they originally had the 6.2 naturally aspirated when everybody else was running different, you know, turbos and whatever. Exactly. And, but, uh, and, but Cadillac has been pretty dominant overall. Talk about that car, man. It's, it looks awesome too. Yeah, the DPI Cadillac, uh, I would say the strongest, the strongest areas of the car itself is the is the traction, for sure. Traction is one of the strongest keys, uh, especially down to the engine configuration itself, uh, being a V8 aspirated engine, uh, pulling uh, almost 600 horsepower on that car. We just have a phenomenal torque. And uh, when it comes to tracks that we have a lot of uh, traction zones, um, long brakings with, you know, you have to stop the car and go. The Cadillac is just a killer in this type of tracks. And uh, I would say the balance, you know, in tracks that we, um, that we can really rely as well on the, on the durability of the tires as well. When we have to do like a, a long stint over 20, 25 laps, uh, the car is just so good. I mean, I'll, I'll be I'll be lying to say uh, you know the the opposite, but it's just very good to drive. And when I got my my hands on it first time in seventeen, when I when I tested for Action Express, I said, "Wow! I mean, this is like driving a a single seater." You know, they're not yeah. you know, those prototypes. They, they they just evolved so much that you basically drive like a single seater. You know, the, the amount of power they have, the down first levels they are, it's just stunning. And uh, well, once Michelin, Michelin took over as well, they are the official supplier uh, of our tires during the, the IMSA championship. We probably picked up another two, three seconds in pace. And you're like, wow, when you drive those things, it's just stunning. So um, it's, it's awesome to drive uh, the, the Cadillac DPI. And better when we get it to victory lane. So yeah. That's how we're going to do it. Well, you've had a pretty amazing career. We talked about your career at the uh, the top of the show and uh, that 2015 season of Formula One with 27 points. And, like, I, th- I yeah. guess it was, like, six races in the points. I mean, you, you've, yeah, had, a, you've had yeah. an amazing career. And, and the, the, Thanks, the, man. the fact that you can talk about this Cadillac after driven, having driven all those cars, it must be a pretty special car. That's pretty cool. It is. 
pretty special. And uh, thanks for mentioning it. Yeah, I've I've been all all the different series I've been to from uh, from the very junior series, uh, won the Formula BMW Championship, uh, the European Championship, and after that I won the British F3 Championship. Went to chase uh, victories in GP2, which is now called the Formula Two. And went to do an amazing season in Formula One as well in 2015, um, being the best ever Brazilian to get a to get a, a fifth place in my first ever race. That was, you yeah. know, was wow. something uh, <laughs> it was something special. And uh, but I have to say, since I joined the, the IMSA Championship, I've never seen proper racing like that anywhere else. It's just you could be leading the race. At one point, and then suddenly <laughs> you have a problem in your pit stop, and then you're back at the, you know, at the back of the field. Yeah. And maybe three hours later, you could be leading the race again, and it's it's just like wow. So you're always on that, on that situation. You you chasing something. You always you never too comfortable. Oh, maybe I don't have the best car today, but suddenly the race turns into you, and you see you're in a position that wow, I can win this thing. And it happened to us many times. Yeah, and uh, I see that for everybody, you know, for all the competitors, it's a mix of uh, track layouts. We go to one of the most uh, hardcore places, race tracks around America. And uh, when when I got here as well, I didn't know any of the the tracks apart from Daytona. I was like, man, those tracks are real, you know. They're like you can't <laughs> you cannot put a wheel off. Something bad could happen. <laughs> so. Um, I really enjoyed the Inter Championship, and uh, it was fantastic to get a, uh, you know, the the title in 2018. Uh, 19, we came up short in the second place, and uh, again, this year 2020 is something that I, I I'm really looking forward to, to what we can achieve uh, together with Action Express Racing, uh, Cadillac, and uh, and the Wheeling car that we have such a strong lineup coming in coming into Daytona so yeah we got pretty pretty high hopes but uh, again feet on the ground uh, we know if I have to describe Daytona in, in one word is to be patient yeah. that race can go around and bite you really quick so you got to be patient yeah you could have you could have one of those uh, those seasons a, a whole season in one race like that well well, Felipe Nasser, we are so excited that you came and joined us on the show. And uh, the oh, number, thank, thank you guys. Yeah, yeah, and and we'll watch, tell everybody to watch for you the number thirty-one car at Daytona in a couple of weeks, and we'll be rooting for you, buddy. And we appreciate you coming on the show. Please do, guys. Thank you so much, and uh, yeah, let's root for that thirty-one wheeling <laughs> Cadillac. And uh, well, not too long ago, so not not not, not far now, about two weeks. So, yeah, yeah, two weeks. There you go. Get some rest. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, right. guys. Thanks All right. a lot. It's been a pleasure. Felipe Nasser, thank you so much. We appreciate you coming on. Take it easy. Thank you. All right. Man, exciting to have a guy of his caliber and everything. But let's go ahead and go to break because uh, we got our next we gotta guest. we got to go Hollywood. We're going Hollywood. we got Willie T. Ribs coming on to talk about his new movie. You listen to Speed City live in Austin back after these messages. traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives. Only water, malt, hops, and yeast. And absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town in your favorite store or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. 
Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk 13.7, the right choice. This is David Hobbs, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. We are going to jump right in because we're very excited to have our next guest. He's been on the show with us before. He was with us about a year ago when he was getting this movie ready to go. But we're, we're so excited to welcome Willie T. Ribs to the show. Willie, welcome to the show again, buddy. Hey. Uh, I'm glad to be back, and uh, you remember Homeboy Network in living color? <laughs> Mo Money, Mo. <laughs> David Allen Greer, and uh, oh, Tommy Davison. Yeah, well, um, we're done. We've uh, completed the project, and I got to tell you, it's been overwhelming, the response. Oh, uh, that- I'm getting texts and calls. And I'm actually sending out tissue. Oh, look at this cap this guy's wearing. Oh, look yeah. Here. He's got it. Good looking cap you got there, buddy. Yeah. And uh, people uh, have called me and texted me crying. Oh, I, I, as soon as you said tissue, I knew what you meant because I sat down oh, and yeah. I watched the whole movie last night and absolutely tear jerking. And, you know, more than one spot, particularly at the end. But more than one spot, Willie. Well, I mean, probably the toughest spot for me was uh, the Jim Truman part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was hard because uh, Jim was he, he he his word was gold. Everything he said, he did, and he got behind me before anybody did. He was the first in line that push Willie T to where, uh, to where I am now and, and, and to, uh, to the climax of the project. He was first. You know, I, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, you brought in a driver. I have known nothing about, uh, Joe, you, uh, I remember his first name is Joe that was with you at the Indy 500. Give us a quick capsule who that is. Joe. Um, he was the uh, dirt track racer that came and visited you, and you pulled him into the garage. Oh, um, are you, you're talking about um, uh, Joey Ray. Yes, that's it. I can oh, agree yeah, with the no, name now. Joey Ray, I didn't know that Joey Ray was even paying attention. I knew that he was one. Joey Ray should have been the first black driver to Indy. He should have been 20 years ahead of me there and but it because of the sport and uh and the discrimination of from sponsors uh in the sport he never got a shot and uh but he was one hell of a of a, of a race driver and phenomenal on dirt and believe that's where all the drivers started aj started on dirt bobby unser started on dirt johnny rutherford the list Mario, mm-hmm. well, Joey Ray was just a phenomenal race driver that never had the opportunity, and he was there. He came to my pit uh, during the month of May, right at the beginning, and I saw him standing behind the ropes, 
And I, him and his wife, I walked up to the ropes and I said, well, why didn't you come in? He says, well, I didn't want to get in the way. I said, <laughs> don't ever stand behind the ropes again. I said, you come straight in. And he was there. Uh, he, just having his, his, his presence was very motivating. That scene in the uh, documentary was uh, captured hearts immediately to me yeah it was it was pretty amazing well well let's set this up for people who don't who haven't seen it yet because i know it just really just came out and don't know the story because i mean willie it it's really astounding to me because you know i was i grew up during this period and i i just didn't see the kind of things that you saw and 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 the the theme for me in the back of my mind i kept thinking how far how good how far could you have gone? Could you have been in Formula One? Could you have been, had there not been such incredible discrimination against African-Americans throughout your career? I mean, the stories about NASCAR and others where, I mean, death threats, and uh, it was just amazing. But but I kept coming back to that. I kept thinking, I, you know, as good as you were, you could have been easily a Formula well, One driver. I mean, every, every team that I went with, when I was with Gurney, I won races. I won driver of the year awards. When I was with Roush, I dominated. There's no doubt. I mean, you've got to have a team that is capable of winning and on the same level as the best team. And Mario Andretti used to have a great saying. He says, if you have, if it takes 1,000 components to win and you've got 999, you're at a disadvantage. Yeah. So, and and where I was in IndyCar, I was like uh, maybe 500. Hmm. So, but I had no choice. I had to take what I got. No, no team gave me, no big team gave me an opportunity to uh, win an IndyCar. And I don't know, um, you know, the, the, there's a lot of reasons for that. And, uh, but we won't get into it now. The, the industry was very tough on me. They weren't nice. And, and, uh, but I didn't, I didn't bow down. I didn't turn another cheek. I, I, I remained firm and because I was in the right. And when you're in the right, you don't turn another cheek. You know, that, and, that, uh, that's what your grandfather used to say. Right. And, and I, Oh, he and, was, he was a tough guy. And how much of, of, you know, when your grandfather told you, one of the things you said a couple times in the movie that, you don't have to be good. You don't have to be great. You have to be better than everybody. And and do you think that he was talking about because of the racial issues? Oh, that's the only thing he was talking about. Yeah. I mean, he, he started a business in 1927 in an all-white city and became very successful. And why? Because he was the best contractor in the Valley, in San Jose, when before, right when um right when silicon valley was kicking off his, his business was, was in full swing he made a ton of money right after world war ii when the gis came home uh and the building boom took off and that's where he made his money and he you know invested in real estate and, and uh, commercial buildings and um you know it was his you know uh financial support uh, that got me, you know, to Europe and where I needed to go to start my career. But he was not a doting grandfather. He had, I'm going to tell you what, he kept his foot so deep in my butt that I could <laughs> taste the shoe polish uh, for breakfast. I mean, that's, I mean, and, and he twisted it so it couldn't come out, right? So um, it was it was the best, uh, you know, the kids today, these young kids today don't really know how tough the world is. Mm. Okay. This, this, these yeah. millennials, you don't know what hard work is and you, and you need to get out there and get your hands dirty. And, and he had, he had a, a remedy for depression. You know, you got all these psychiatrists <laughs> that, you know, want you to sit down and put a rag on your head and, you know, you know, be, be, be gentle. That wasn't him. Yeah. If you were depressed, he had a shovel and that was his medicine. Like, get out there. I got a ditch for you to dig. And I want to dig 10, 10 inches deep by 10 inches wide, 100 feet. And when you were done digging that ditch, you weren't depressed anymore. That is absolutely were, good advice, isn't it? it? 
a hard yeah. day's work. There's nothing more uh, medicinal to to depression than a hard day's work. Oh yeah, no, and and it's good for you, and and it just builds it, it builds character. And with him, he didn't know he didn't want me to be a race driver, but his upbringing made made it um, made it possible for me to be tough enough to deal with what I was dealing with. Well, I want to talk about the movie some more because, I mean, we've seen some great movies in the last few years about racing. There's been some incredible movies, and we just went through the the Christmas season with Ford versus Ferrari. But I'll tell you, last night I sat down to watch the movie, and I wasn't sure I was going to have time to watch the whole thing. Well, once I got started, there was no way that I wasn't going to be able to finish this movie, Willie, because it was fantastic. It was a really compelling story. I mean, yes, it's about racing, but it's just as much about the times and the, the, the racial struggles and the story of perseverance of, uh, you know, how many times did you get kicked out of racing and, and we're sitting on the sidelines driving the van, you know? Well, I didn't get kicked out only one time when I had a, a fight with uh, Jenner and Pruitt. And, you know, it was amazing. Uh, IMSA, IMSA um, penalized me. And uh, for one month, they kicked me out of the sport. And I've been the only driver ever for a confrontation after the race. And the drivers and entrants at that time that were in the sport, there were some that were running millions of dollars of drugs to support their racing. Mm. Those were IMSA teams, millions. Some of them have done time for it but they 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 were allowed to continue uh, to continue so you know it was it was they wanted to remind me imsa did uh you're black and yeah. you're not going to be uh, uh treated like us they made it clear with their actions but i didn't give a damn um i kept kept hammering away and I still won driver of the year in 87 and 88, despite uh, being uh, yeah. penalized and sanctioned. Well, and when I say kicked out, I, I know that was the only official time, but I, I think of it as if there's no sponsors willing to step up because of racial issues. I, I felt like that was almost the same kind of thing because it was it was those corporate, you know, saying we're not going to sponsor you or, 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 you know, you just had a hard time getting sponsors the whole time. But. I love the story about about Paul Newman and Truman and those guys coming in going, wait a minute, this guy's not getting a fair shake. We're going to try to correct that. Well, and they knew it. They knew that the corporate America uh, was not supportive of Willie T. Ribs. And, you know, uh, there's uh, millions of African-Americans that make these same companies billions of dollars. But they weren't supporting me. And I was no um, guy that just came along and wanted to race. I was a winning race driver, and I still got no support. And uh, and Newman knew it. The people on the inside knew it. They knew what the word was. Truman did, and Paul Newman did as well. Folks, one of the things that we haven't said in, in this visit is – you know, Willie was out there overseas racing against likes of Nigel Mansell <laughs> and actually has beaten Nigel, even though Nigel got the championship. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's not just this is a guy and we're not feeling sorry for him. He's earned all the respect. He's got it. He has beat those names, you know, from overseas in the Formula One world back in that generation and yet still battled this on his own continent. Yeah, no, I didn't come out of an affirmative action program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my action was my right foot in the checkered flag. And, yeah. and you know, a lot of people ask me, well, aren't you bitter? Um, you know, if it happened to a woman race driver, for example, if that happened, what happened to me happened to a woman race driver, it would be national news and the sponsors would have made threats to the sanctioning bodies and the team owners, get it corrected or we're gone. If it would happen to a woman, 
they they turned their back on me and and um i'm not bitter but i haven't forgotten well they say a grudge is a heavy thing to carry Hmm. move on good man but uh folks you absolutely got to see this it's a fantastic documentary slash movie uh Looking at some of the things, there's a lot of things that I remember, but I've learned so much more. As I said, I oh yeah, watching I watched and lived every and racing something on TV growing and, up and catching the eye of Bernie Ecclestone early days, right? I mean, th- when you when you first went over, you caught his eye, right? In my fourth race, <clears throat> I had won my second race, and then I won my third race. And Bernie Ecclestone is a very smart guy, and I love him to death. He's like my uncle. He's been very good to me and on my fourth race at Watkins Glen him and Gordon Murray came to the track just to introduce themselves now this is Bernie <laughs> Ecclestone yeah okay you know people come to Bernie and he introduced himself and says we're, we're watching you and keep up the good work <laughs> and uh and then you know he after I was winning and dominating Trans Am uh he, uh, uh, him and Don King had a plan to put me in the Formula One car and testing in Portugal in December of 1985. And, uh, you know, that there's not been very many drivers, let alone American drivers, to drive a Formula One car. Yeah. And when I drove it, Lewis Hamilton was just born. <laughs> just born. Yeah. And so, uh you know it 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 was a great ride and and you know despite the negative people in in my career there's been just as many positive people that have got behind me and they saw it and they they knew what i was dealing with and they jumped and pushed and and they were wins they were wins in my sale and the this film has been it's taken off so strong we're on eight airlines already oh nice cool eight airlines guess i know what uh, i'm watching on the way to spain again uh, american united air saudi cutter airlines we're international and domestic with another six lining up to buy well where all can people see it i had ordered it off chassis media off their website you know i think almost a year ago and I got my email. Oh, it's out now. And, and it's chassis with a Y, C-H-A-S-S-Y.com. And uh, they're, they're, they're getting response worldwide, actually. People are from all over the world have ordered it. And, I, and the reason I know is I'm getting texts <laughs> and messages uh, to that effect. Yeah. Well, it, it really was a... a it was an emotional watch for me. I mean, I, I, I you know, because I, I love racing and I know the context, that was just, uh, you know, icing on the cake. But I, anybody who, w- you wouldn't have to love racing at all to enjoy the movie. So uh, I highly well, recommend it. It's really not. I mean, racing sort of the platform, and, you know, but it, it's a human interest uh, project. It was, it, racing was the platform, but the, 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 the the documentary is about someone that made it that shouldn't have made it hmm. that had the testicles to fight and kick and and punch his way uh into the top and we did yeah oh, that's we awesome did. and i and i do it all over again i love confrontation <laughs> i love the fight so uh it was right up my street well and the, and the movie culminates with you showing how you became the first black driver to race in the Indy 500. And I loved that, that I don't want to spoil the movie, but that one scene to right at the very end where you've, where you've uh, qualified and you've coming back into the pit row and every single team breaks the rules and come out. Every single team, everybody wanted to see you in the Indy 500. And that was, that was really emotional that, I mean, it was really incredible, but well, Willie, we are out of time. Hold on a second. What? You know, we keep talking about this motorsports watch movie party thing oh, yeah. we want to do someday. Here's our opportunity. Hey, Willie. Any day. I'll if we there. get a theater, will you come join us? Give us a little talk and watch a movie? And we'll, we'll do popcorn and beer. And we'll do a Q&A afterwards. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and then maybe 
you know, go downtown and party after that. Like the old days. <laughs> hey, awesome. Alamo Draft House. You know, you like got the old days. Yeah, like the old days. I don't know if I can do that still. <laughs> 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 Willie T. Ribs, thank you so much for coming on. Fantastic to hear your story, and I hope everybody watches this movie and uh, and we'll catch you again soon. I'll see you when we do that gig. There you go. There you go. Let's do this. All righty. All Thanks, right. buddy. Thanks, Willie. Thank we appreciate cheers. it. Oh, that's a fantastic story, man. You gotta you gotta watch the whole movie. So oh, All I, right, I gotta... just can't imagine sitting there with Willie and oh, seeing this play out. I'm not crying, you are. Yeah. All right, we gotta run to break because when we come back, we are gonna play the interview we did yesterday with Mike Conway, who's driver in the World Endurance Championship, coming here to Austin in February. You listen to Speed City back after these messages. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Magnus Walker. Greetings from downtown LA, and thanks for tuning in to Speed City. Keep Austin weird and get out and drive. Pedal to the metal. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio. Speed City. All right. We're in Austin, and in 41 days, the World Endurance Championship, one of the greatest series in racing across the planet, is coming back to Austin. Yeah, buddy. They, they came here for several years in a row, and then they did not come in 2019 or 2018. But So they've come back, and this is a one-off, and they're going to not race into the night. It'll, they'll race probably close to dusk. But it's going to be another big deal here at Coda. I mean, 2020, think about what all we've got. we got. So we start off with World Endurance Championship. Then we'll have IndyCar, Indy Test before that, actually. Then IndyCar Racing, then MotoGP, then finish up the year with Formula One with lots of stuff in between. It's really going to be and a SVRA. banner year. Yeah, at SVRA. But, but I want to jump right into this interview we did because we got to talk to one of the one of the best drivers in the world and one of the best drivers in the world endurance championship. Cause it was, it's Mike Conway and he races for the Toyota Gazoo racing team. So a factory Toyota team in one of those amazing prototype cars with the incredible technology. That's 500 horsepower of, of turbo V six and 500 horsepower of electric motor, really amazing vehicles and amazing technology. I and need one of those on the street. Yeah. And, and, uh, and really a great guy. So let's play this interview. We caught up with Mike yesterday, Jonathan and I did. All right, Gearheads, we're excited to welcome back to the show driver in the World Endurance Championship, Mike Conway, driving for the Toyota Gazoo number 7 car. Mike, welcome back to Speed City. Hey, guys. Yeah, good to be back on the show. Yeah, we're looking forward to having you guys back in Austin, man. We miss you guys. I know. Yeah, we miss, uh, we miss coming to Austin as well, to be honest. It was a shame it was um, taken off the calendar, but then, you know, luckily with um, one falling out, we managed to get back, and um, we'll be back uh, racing there in just a month's time now, so... Looking forward to, to getting back on track. 
Yeah, we're 41 days from uh, the from the February 23rd date here in Austin. Yeah, we got us a nice Christmas present, Mike. When we found out you guys were coming back, I was I did not know this was going to happen, and I was so excited to hear that WEC was coming back to Austin because it's really one of my favorite races we've ever had in, here at Circuit of the Americas. And you guys are going to be starting at noon and racing into the evening. I guess this it'll be real close to sunset when you finish. You guys are used to racing into the night here in the six-hour race. Yeah, yeah. We, um, I think the last few, few times we've done it, it ends kind of at nighttime anyway. So, yeah, someone will be used to, but um, it's quite a different time of year that we're doing it. Normally it's, um, you know, September, October. So, yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen in terms of weather-wise, what it's like down there in, um, in February, but... Either way, um, looking forward to being on back on track. One of my favourite tracks. And sector one is like is yeah, really cool, really fast and flowing. So um, one of my favourite parts on the circuit. So um, yeah, but it's going to be tough. You know, we've, um, I'm sure we've been keeping an eye on um, on all the adjustments they've been making with um, you know the balance of technology between the cars and it's changing race by race depending on where you finish the one before and, and things like that. So I think it'd be quite tough. For the car center crew there um as we lead the championship uh by i think eight points now they've been adjusted more than we've seen before so yeah it's gonna be a tough one but you know it's still be a pleasure uh being there in austin what about the car here specifically for austin you know changes to getting it set up and what are the challenges for you guys here specifically for circuit of the americas well i mean we typically will come there with the high downforce kit because you've got a lot of fast line corners um, although you do have the long back straight, you still need the grip through all the corners, especially through the even the tight middle section and then the fast last few corners. You know, you need the car as hooked up as possible. So um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's always fun getting the car dialed in there. And when you put a good lap together, it's um, it feels pretty rewarding. So um, yeah, I look forward to to getting that done. You know, so um, but yeah, it's uh, should be a fun weekend hopefully. Mike, tell us about this, the, the World Championship WEC season so far. You're leading the championship, as you say, a win at Silverstone, and win last time out in Bahrain, two different places. But um, it looks like you, Kobayashi and Lopez, have got a really nice groove uh, as a combination going. Um, do you feel really settled now? Yeah, thanks. No, it's been, um, yeah, it's been a good run, uh, as you said, winning at Silverstone and Bahrain. Um, I think Bahrain is probably the sweetest one so far because, uh, is one that we weren't expected to win, really. We weren't the quickest car out there, um, but we still got the job done. Um, had a bit of help with, there was a bit of an incident in turn yeah. one, but um, still, an eight-hour race is not, they're not typically one at the first corner, but that one, it seems like yeah, it definitely helps. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a good run. Um, you know, everyone's been doing a mega job. My teammates, engineers, you know, the whole, whole team. Um, obviously, it's always tough against car rate crew um you know they're, they're doing a fantastic job as well so you know it's very close every weekend um as it's been for the last so many years really so um but you know we're we're doing what we can on the weekends whenever we get a chance we, we maximize our results so um but it is it's becoming more difficult with uh this balance of technology with the privateer cars and um and so on so i think yeah the next few races will be harder for us but um you know, yeah. as always. Can, can you explain that to us a little bit? Because we last time you were in Austin, it was Toyota, Porsche. You know, there was a few more factory LMP1 cars. But in order to yeah. sort of, uh, sort of, uh, I guess, balance it out with you and Rebellion and, um, and so on. All right. Well, if you want to hear the entire, we're going to put that up on our SoundCloud account. The entire interview we did with Mike Conway because we're out of time tonight. We want to thank all of our guests. We want to thank. Everybody, Felipe Nazar, Willie T. Ribs, and of course Mike Conway. You're listening. Just heard, and uh, uh, it, it's uh, it was really exciting talking to all these guys. And and of course we got Daytona coming up in two weeks. We got all the events coming up at Coda this year. Stay and, tuned. We're going to make the Speed City Roadshow at the movies happen. Yeah, we want to. That that should be easy because Willie's not far. I mean, he lives what yeah. an hour away or yeah, something he's, like that. He's close enough. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in tonight, everybody. And thanks for following us on social. If you guys watch, you know, we stream everything on, on uh, video on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. Appreciate you guys tuning in that way. And uh, check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, and follow us all week on social. We've got lots of good stuff we put out every week. And we'll talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.